Did you hear? The Ukrainians took out a great big Russian ship. Now, I want Ukraine to win, but at the same time, I don't think we should get involved. And this is getting, it's going on a bit too long, and we, America, I think we're getting a bit too close. Now, this ship of the Russians, the Moskva, it's one of their favorites, and it was taken out probably with assistance from the United States. Not all the details are known, but there it is, as it's uh, destroyed and I believe sinking. Now, according to official reports, but it's probably a lot larger, the death list, let's put it up on the screen, please. Uh, This ship, uh, two missiles, struck it, caught fire, sank, 40 men died, over 100 injured. Those are Russian reports, it could be much higher. But we helped, we helped. ABC News confirming overnight that U.S. intelligence helped Ukrainian forces sink the flagship of Russia's Black Sea Fleet last month. U.S. officials told NBC News that intelligence shared with Ukraine played a significant role in the sinking of the Moskva. The U.S. has been sharing intelligence with Ukrainian forces since this conflict began. We have now learned that some of that intelligence was used to help sink the Moskva battleship. Uh, this, uh, This is troubling, actually. When you mess with the country's battleships and sailors go down in the boiler room, it makes that country very, very angry. This country happens to have nuclear weapons and a very suddenly unpredictable leader. And we're not denying that we had a big part in this. What exactly was the American role? Our reporting says that Ukraine saw a ship out in the Black Sea, asked American intelligence officials, is that the Moskva, that we confirmed that and said, that is the ship, that's where it is. Is that accurate? Well, I'm not going to get into the specifics of the intelligence that uh, we provide uh, Ukraine, Willie. I think you can understand that. We do provide them information about Russian units, both at sea and ashore, uh, that uh, allows them to help continue to defend themselves. It's fair to say there was some role by the United States in identifying the ship, at least. Yeah, I'm just not going to go there, Willie. I'm not going to get into intelligence that we're providing the Ukrainians. Uh, we, we do it every day to help them defend themselves, and uh, we, we're going we're to continue to do that. Uh, That's bureaucratic code for, uh, yeah, we did this. We helped. I have concerns about that. I do. When you mess with a country like this and their ships, hey, remember the Arizona, okay, went down during World War II? We still have a memorial there in Pearl Harbor, uh, and we should. These things really strike at a country's core. And I have concerns that Joe Biden as failing as he is right now, the border falling apart, uh, we're losing wars all over the place, the economy. Is he doing this to look tough? I mean, he doesn't like the way he's being depicted right now, and he sees himself as a tough guy. We've seen this happen before, and there's a phrase for it, by the way, wag the dog. Could something like that be happening? We have to watch very, very carefully. In the meantime, Have you heard the shocking, shocking revelations from Mark Esper? Former Defense Secretary Mark Esper with a new tell-all on working in the Trump administration, detailing events that left him, quote, all but speechless in his memoirs. Chilling new revelations from Trump's former Defense Secretary Mark Esper. Extraordinary new accusation against the former president by his former Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper. He claims that then-President Trump proposed launching missiles into Mexico. Stunning revelations from former Defense Secretary Mark Esper. Hear the, quote, absurd 
suggestions he says he got from former President Trump, including launching missiles at Mexican drug labs. Wow. Mark Esper said a lot of stuff. Mark, I'm shocked. Mark Esper, Mark Esper. Who is Mark Esper? Think for a moment. Who is Mark Esper? Do you know what he looks like? Do you know what he sounds like? Is it one of these guys? I mean, can you picture Mark Esper? <laughs> Which one is Mark Esper? Good luck in figuring that. There he is. That's Mark Esper. And apparently, according to him, he's been speechless, speechless. All right, so what has his cage so rattled? Of course he's writing a book. That's what these guys do, these swamp guys. A Sacred Oath, Memoirs of a Secretary of Defense During Extraordinary Times. Yes, Secretary of Defense for uh, 13 months. Okay, what a tenure. Let's go through the insane, insane uh, things that happened. Take a look. Number one, Mr. Trump asked Mr. Esper at least twice if the military could shoot missiles into Mexico to destroy the drug labs. When Mr. Esper raised various objections, Mr. Trump said that we could just shoot some Patriot missiles and take out the labs, quietly adding that no one would know it was us. Of course, the swamp would veto such an idea. But why? I mean, why? Drug labs are creating chemicals and substances that are killing people here. We like people who think out of the box like this. I'd like to know more about why not. Why couldn't we? All right, the Mexicans are officially our friends, but hey, think big. Of course, this rattled his cage. And, if, and it wasn't done, by the way, but he puts it in his book. Next, what do we have here? Among Mr. Trump's desires was to put 10,000 active duty troops on the streets of Washington on June 1st, 2020. Of course, during the George Floyd protest, Mr. Trump asked Mr. Esper about the demonstrators. Can you just shoot them? Just shoot them in the legs or something? Well, you know what? Things were getting out of hand in the legs or something. He's not a law enforcement professional. He wasn't in the armed forces. Esper is supposed to be the expert. And by the way, uh, shooting protesters did happen and everybody seemed fine with it when the protester was Ashley Babbitt and the shooter was Lieutenant Michael Byrd from the Capitol Police. What else does Esper have to say about the president. He is an unprincipled person who, given his self-interest, should not, not be in the position of public service. Well, by the way, Esper is now in a venture capital firm trying to parlay his experience in government for his own personal profit. What does he know about personal sacrifice, the Trump family, and everything they gave up to serve this country? And what is President Trump doing right now? Is he making money? Take a look. When he's out there putting his reputation, his political capital on the line for America first candidates, does he personally benefit or profit from that? They can't get it through their heads. He's doing this for the country. You know, this is uh, really disturbing that a secretary of defense and the chairman of the Joint Chiefs should so betray a president, not just since he's left office, but while he was in office. Do you remember, by the way, the carnage, the riots that were happening in June of 2020, especially around the White House? They were trying to burn down a church. Fortunately, order prevailed, and this was removed. This was put down by Park Police, I believe. And the next day, the President of the United States, his key advisors, walked across the street. 
to inspect the scene. This photograph, it really got DC upset. And so did this, when the President of the United States went in front of a church with a Bible. They said this was horrible. This was the worst thing they had ever seen. Now, how can that be? What kind of warped culture is it where the leader of a country can't stand in front of a church with a Bible? They'd be far more comfortable with Black Lives Matter flags or perhaps gay pride flags on that church. They actually would be. Now, the way the swamp works, of course, they shamed Esper and Millie and anybody else, and I think they were in on it, by the way, to apologize and atone for daring to appear with the president, even for a moment. Remember that? I did know that following the president's remarks on Monday evening, that many of us were going to join President Trump and review the damage in Lafayette Park and at St. John's Episcopal Church. What I was not aware of was exactly where we were going when we, when we arrived at the church and what the plans were once we got there. Oh, that's his explanation. I didn't know where we were going. It's not my fault. Walking across the street with the president of the United States and you're the secretary of defense. This is the swamp working against a sitting president. This is damn near a coup. My hope is that instead of the violence in the streets, we will see peaceful demonstrations that honor George Floyd, that press for accountability for his murder, that move us to reflect about racism in America, and that serve as a call to action for us to come together and to address this problem once and for all. The Secretary of Defense for a Republican president spouting woke left-wing talking points from the Pentagon's podium. That is seditious stuff. That's seditious stuff. And Millie, the man in uniform, just as bad. As many of you saw the result of the photograph of me at Lafayette Square last week, that sparked a national debate about the role of the military in civil society. I should not have been there. My presence in that moment and in that environment created a perception of the military involved in domestic politics. Did it really? Let me see that picture one more time. I find this picture actually unremarkable, unremarkable. He's the one who chose to make a big deal out of it. And then he said he was, oh, this creates a perception that I'm getting involved in domestic politics. Listen to what he says next. He touches on every hot button domestic partisan political issue of our time. I am outraged by the senseless and brutal killing of George Floyd. What we are seeing is the long shadow of our original sin in Jamestown 401 years ago. We are still struggling with racism and we have much work to do. Unspoken and unconscious bias have no place in America and they have no place in our armed forces. And we should all be proud that the vast majority of protests have been peaceful. We must ensure fairness and equity at all key gateway selection boards, including promotion, command, and work Be inclusive. Make a commitment to seek out and surround yourself with those who don't look like you. It sounds like he's running for the Senate from Massachusetts. And then there's something creepy. I mean, this is the part where he seems to know what's coming. An election that will be controversial, perhaps undecided. Listen closely and look at his eyes. All of us in uniform are willing to die for that idea, the idea that is America. 
And so we must also be willing to live for that idea, for freedom of speech, freedom of the press, freedom to peacefully assemble, and freedom to vote, and freedom to believe as you wish in your religion. These are essential freedoms that are the cornerstone of our country. Americans have spilled their blood to protect them in the past, and they continue to be worth fighting for. This we will defend. So this is months before the election. This we will defend. He's talking about the freedom to, to vote and assemble. Seems to be talking about a battle that may be coming. And I don't want to be reminded of our ideals by a soldier. There's something wrong here. And if there was a coup, it wasn't from Trump. It was from these guys. And by the way, that's a traditional coup run by the military. They tried to portray this as a coup run by Trump. No, that doesn't make sense. That makes no sense at all. And what were these guys so furious about, huh? The president of the United States with the Bible in front of a church. How is that wrong? And how is this right? The same church with this banner. This is what they want. It's not what we want. We'll be right back with, uh, <laughs> how did Kamala Harris become vice president of the United States? Well, if you think that her personal relationships had anything to do with it, you may be repeating misinformation. So says our government. We'll be right back. All I can, All I can say, say is, is that, that the fake, fake news just doesn't get it, get it do they? And the fake news, they are incensed about this Roe v. Wade possibly being overturned. I mean, they're all ardently pro-choice. They don't like this at all. And if there is a security threat right now posed to the Supreme Court, obviously it's coming from the left, right? And we are going to fight, and we are going to fight, and we are going to fight this goes on and on and on. Liz Warren, all of them up there, they're so out of their heads about this matter. I would like to speak to America's men for one minute. Okay, but not any longer. Go ahead. Imagine you do not have authority over your own body for 10 months. Imagine if that decision-making would not be taken away even if you would die in childbirth, even if you couldn't decide who you were having children with, even if you couldn't decide when you were having that child. I don't think a man in America could actually imagine not having control of his body, his bodily functions, what happens to him, and what life would be like for 10 months. Uh, you're so angry, you're not making sense, all right? And you're not the only one. Anger has clouded their thinking, and I think some of them, maybe they do pose some sort of risk to somebody. Oh, Chuck. Just, I cannot tell you the outrage I feel at this decision, and the outrage I feel that Republicans who did it won't own up to it, and duck it. It's despicable. Yeah, easy there, Chuck. This is the guy who essentially threatened Kavanaugh. Remember that? Everything's going to come pouring down on your head. Well, no wonder why they need a fence at the Supreme Court. And they've got one and they need it because the left, they're so incensed. 
But that's not the way they're portraying it. No, 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 no. You know what you need this fence for, according to Democrats and the fake news? For those January Sixers, yes, for those white supremacists, for all those Trump fans. No kidding. That's what they're pushing. Officials are preparing for potential violence in the Capitol and nationwide after the leak of that Supreme Court draft opinion that would strike down Roe v. Wade after 50 years. Capitol Police are warning the far right is calling for violence against a religious group planning to rally for abortion rights. The far right. You hear that? Oh, they have their villain and they won't let go. Even though this is a phantom, this is a ghost, they won't let go. More. Listen, seeing fences go up there, uh, it's sort of like post-January 6th. What are you seeing and, and what specific intelligence is warring if it, police officials? Well, at this point, law enforcement sources, several of them tell us that they are closely monitoring social media chatter uh, that suggests that there's a potential for violence against abortion clinic providers, abortion clinic staff, members of the judiciary. That would include the justices here, uh, as well as members of the federal government. And what we know after January 6th and what law enforcement knows across the country is that social media chatter can manifest into actual violence. You see what they're doing? And by the way, it's almost like they're they're willing a riot into existence. But January 6th, January 6th and the right and the right more. Here in Washington, there is physical proof that law enforcement officials and officials, uh, congressional officials, Supreme Court officials here are concerned about the potential that protests could erupt. All right. You got that about the officials? Okay, the officials are really worried about the officials. Keep going. Take a look at this fence behind me. I'm about five, six. This fence is a couple feet higher than me. You've seen this fence many times. It is the same fence that went up around the Capitol following January 6th. This kind of approach has become somewhat of muscle memory here in Washington following the riot. January 6th, muscle memory, setting up a fence every year and a half. Muscle memory. Why are they so skewed? Why are they so biased? Why? Well, let's take a look at who's anchoring the news here. Uh, the guy in the middle there, his name is Jim Shudo. And for a while, he fancied himself a, uh, a governmental official. His resume, briefly, chief of staff and senior ambassador to the U.S. ambassador to China during the Obama administration. How about that? You know, the real threat here, the real danger is coming from the left and we've seen it before. They've targeted the houses of uh, the homes of conservative lawmakers. You've seen that. We've all seen it. And now they're going after Supreme Court justices. This is really, really happening. And there is a plan, by the way, to storm churches across the country. Pro-abortion activists want to target Catholic churches this Sunday, Mother's Day. They've done it before. We prove that we have morally failed as a culture. Okay, they are upset about a lot of things, animal rights. Uh, this is the abortion uh, rights crowd, and that's real. The January 6th stuff is not real. Targeting the homes of uh, conservative lawmakers and conservative justices that's happening. That's real. The fake news is in denial about all of that. 
Worse than denial. I think they're just lying about it. All right. So you've heard about the government's plan to have a disinformation governance board, a DGB, also known as, uh, well, very reminiscent of the KGB, right? This is dangerous stuff. And they appointed some very unimpressive uh, young person. She's 33 years old, Nina Janklo, and she has all kinds of things to say about certain topics. She's going to determine what is misinformation and what is disinformation. Here's a sample of what she thinks is disinformation. Normal political discourse. Take a look. Misleading information um, that uses gendered tropes. So it might be, for instance, this is a big one that we tracked in the report, Kamala Harris slept her way to the top. Okay. It's Jankowitz, by the way. Might not be the nicest thing to say in the world, but is it misinformation? Well, not according to uh, people who have studied her life and know about her relationship with married Willie Brown as she was just kind of a random lawyer in her 20s and he arranged for her to get some pretty key spots in California state government and he was a guy who could make it happen. He was previously the California speaker, later the mayor of San Francisco. Everybody knew they were a couple. Sorry, but these things happen in life and we're allowed to talk about them because this is America. Now, there are other things that are said about political leaders that aren't so nice. Maybe they're true, maybe they're not, but this is America and we can talk about them. And you're not gonna stop us, Nina. We see racialized narratives, things like Kamala ain't black, hashtag Kamala ain't black is, is one that we tracked. Um, things that are saying that she's not black enough, she's not South Asian enough to claim that heritage. So this is not something I would say. This is something I know nothing about. However, this is something that people talk about. This is something that people are allowed to talk about. This is America. Barack Obama talked about this. He talked about it in his most recent book, A Promised Land. This is something that he had to deal with and he still has to deal with actually. Take a look, his own words, okay? The black community argued that I wasn't ready or not quite black enough. Now that happened to Barack Obama. Black people were raising the concern. Are we supposed to pretend that didn't happen? Is somebody like Nina going to label that misinformation? Keep it out of books? What the hell are we doing here? He writes about it again. Again, his own words. The rumbling began from the Rush camp, guy who was running for Congress against. Obama's an outsider. He's backed by white folks. Is he even black? This was coming from the black community. Might be, not be nice, might not be ideal. Maybe it's even a little bit racist, but it's a free country and you can say what you want. And 33-year-old Nina and her digital governance board should stay the hell out of it, seriously. It's dangerous to even think about having these kinds of restrictions. All right, stay with us. The Trump rally will be getting underway in just a little bit. It's taking shape in Pennsylvania. Donald Trump just endorsed Dr. Oz. They'll be there together tonight. Be right back. Okay, uh, you're looking at the uh, what will be the Trump rally in just a little bit in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, I believe that's pretty close to Pittsburgh. 
I hope so. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, Guy Reschenthaler, he'll know. He's a Republican from Pennsylvania. Congressman, uh, veteran of the United States Navy. He's a big-time Oz supporter, Dr. Oz supporter. Hey, sorry about that, but where is Greensburg? <laughs> Hey, Greg, it's right outside of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's in a place called Westmoreland County. I tell everybody it's the most beautiful place in the country. I okay. love it here. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, is uh, POTUS there yet? Have you seen him? And uh, if not, or if so, anyway, what do you expect tonight? So the president is on route. And what I expect tonight is I expect tons of energy for not only President Trump, but also Dr. Oz. I think that Dr. Oz is clearly the conservative candidate in this race, pro-Second Amendment, pro-life, pro-Israel, pro-MAGA agenda. And that's going to come through loud and clear tonight when he's on the stage with President Trump. All right. Fantastic. And by the way, just real quick for you, you're a member of the military. Uh, I know McCormick is a member of the military. Can you put in your words, though, what role that should play in somebody's decision on who to vote for? Well, service definitely factors in, but we also have to look at who's going to be the best to represent us. And I think that Dr. Oz clearly is that person. Also, let's face it, Josh Fetterman is a serious candidate. There's only one person in this race that can beat Fetterman, and that's Dr. Oz. Also, Dr. Oz is going to bring a lot more people into the conservative, uh, conservative tent, uh, into our party and our movement, because he's such a good articulator. He's such a good messenger. But he's going to be able to explain conservative values better than anybody else. And that's why we should support Dr. Oz above anybody else in this race. Awesome. Hey, Congressman Reschenthaler, do me a favor. i got to take a quick break. We'll come right back with you. Hey, we're back with Guy Reschenthaler, member of Congress from Pennsylvania. He's at the Trump rally in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, hey, I'm dying to know what's behind the blue curtain right now. Well, it's a president. He's back behind the blue curtain taking pictures. Uh, there's a line to the left. J.D. Vance is right to my, my left. Dr. Oz is right to my left. Uh, a whole bunch of other folks uh, that, that are uh, lined up to see the president. I can tell you, Greg, the excitement, it's, it's real. You can feel it. That's awesome. Uh, listen, how many? We only have a little over a week to go. There are still a lot of undecideds. 20 seconds. What do you want them to think about? Think about who the real conservative, conservative is in this race, and it's Dr. Oz. If you want somebody who can explain the conservative message, talk about pro-life issues, pro-Second Amendment issues, talk about the MAGA agenda, that is Dr. Oz. And the fact that President Trump has endorsed Dr. Oz tells all the undecided what they yeah. need to know. Dr. Oz is the MAGA candidate in this race. We love it. Guy Reschenthaler, Congressman, to be continued, you, sir. Have a great rally. Say hi to Dr. Oz, and we'll be right back. Hillary Clinton granted an audience for the media. And, um, you know, whenever they come and see her, it's always on her terms. It's always mutually uh, agreeable. So what did they ask her about? The, the Durham investigation? No. Uh, phony Russia allegations? No. It was all about Roe v. Wade. This is about controlling women. This is about turning the clock back on half the population of our country. I warned about it in the campaign. I could see that the man I was running against would literally do anything to get the votes of the extreme faction uh, of the Republican Party uh, who were willing to uh, totally upend precedent and deny women their rights. This opinion is dark, 
It is incredibly dangerous, and it is not just about a woman's right to choose. It is about much more than that. Once you allow this kind of extreme power to take hold, you have no idea who they will come for next. Uh, she would do anything, anything. She said Donald Trump would do anything. She would lie, cheat, and steal to get power. It did not work. You know, she almost called us deplorables in there. I read the opinion. The opinion is not dark. The opinion is reasonable. And quite frankly, it's beautiful. Just her demeanor, you can tell. And how about the complicity from the fake news letting her off the hook? Now, we know that John Durham is making progress in his probe. I mean, the Hillary Clinton campaign, it looks like they lied, they cheated, they did all kinds of things, and it looks like they're going to be held accountable, right? Hillary Clinton, that lawyer, tech executive, all the stuff that they were faking and they knew it was fake regarding Donald Trump and Russia. I wish this probe was moving faster, but it is moving. All right. Also this, there will be a new White House press secretary on the left. That's Karine Jean-Pierre taking over for Jen Psaki. Oh, it looked pretty cozy there, but uh, uh, everyone is so excited about Corrine. We also would like to congratulate Corrine Jean-Pierre, who is making so much history by becoming the newest White House press secretary. History is being made at the White House with the announcement of a new press secretary. Corrine Jean-Pierre is the first black woman and the first openly gay person to take on that role. Wow. Interesting how much they make of her sexuality. Um, and her ethnicity, her race. All right, folks, you're seeing the uh, Trump rally take shape in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. The former president will be there, and I believe maybe future president, and I believe maybe future United States Senator Dr. Oz from Pennsylvania. Uh, should be great. Rob Schmidt is going to be hosting the pre-show. Uh, enjoy it, and I'll see you back here on Monday. Have a good one. Enjoy the rally.